Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Ah, but the pearls didn't know about the original rainbow cone. I'm sure that would have been in the lyrics. Ice Cream Baby, 1957 on Onyx. Of course it didn't chart. Onyx was such a great little New York doo-wop label, too, and the pearls were just wonderful. So when I knew I was going to be talking to Lynn and I was thinking about ice cream, I said, Ice Cream Baby, that's what I need to play. All right, Lynn Sapp, third-generation owner of the original Rainbow Cone. Welcome to WGN Radio. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this because I have to admit I was one of the unaware I had uh, not, and I have not yet experienced the original rainbow cone. And like most people, I know, I know. (laughs) But, you know, it took me over 40 years to be willing to eat a Chicago dog. All right. So I'm a slow learner, you know, and, you know, there are five flavors and we'll be getting into that. But of course, as you well know, Lynn, July is National Ice Cream Month. And this year, this coming Sunday, July 19th is National Ice Cream Day. And by most accounts, the original Rainbow Cone is the choice for ice cream in Chicagoland. So what do you have planned for Ice Cream Day? Well, you know, we're just going to do what we always do is serve our ice cream cone that we've been doing since 1926. And uh, accommodating families and people to come on over and refresh themselves in our hot weather with some great ice cream. Now, I read a statistic that the average American consumes 23 gallons of ice cream a year. Do you have any idea how many cones would that be? (laughs) I don't know that off the top of my head, but I know personally that I'm not supposed to eat ice cream, but I eat ice cream all the time, and I'm not supposed to. And I know it is uh, one of those things that if you love it, it is just your treat. Yeah. Uh, and that's been that's been true certainly since I guess it was your grandfather who started this in twenty six. Yes, my grandfather invented the five flavored cone, and my grandmother Catherine ran the business. So he was the creator and came up with the five flavors. Because remember, back in nineteen twenty six, a plate of food was a dime. So a dime was a big deal. And, that's, and they're asking you twelve cents for a cone. He had to give you something. Really? So that's when he came up with the five flavors. And ice cream parlors were the socialization because if you didn't go to a bar and then we, you had prohibition, it was the ice cream parlor that was the social scene and the little treat that people could actually afford. And that was a very big deal for a family to go. And it was very family orientated. And there was no air conditioning. 
Everybody got out of the house to go to the ice cream parlor. So it, in the world back in 1926, ice cream was it. Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right about that. But I had thought that uh, that the original cone was a dime rivaling the average meal. But what you're saying is you actually paid a premium for this cone. Absolutely. And that's why he put it was a fresh fruit nut cone. And that's why he made it that way. He had to give you something. People weren't worried about calories. They were, you know, worried about substantial nutrition. So he put you know, the orange sherbet is on top, and then pistachio had almonds in it. Palmer House had cherry and walnuts in it. And real pistachios, when he could get them. And then strawberries had real strawberries in it. So it was a fruit and nut concept. And that's what makes it so different. And that's why it was a um, such a treat. Not only because of the refrigeration of ice cream, but also because people paying for it and coming as a family, it was not a given. It was not an everyday. Now, I would think with a five-flavored cone that your granddad probably went through a lot of attempts before he finalized the choices. Uh, Are there any family lore about disasters that maybe he tried? Well, we had maple nut once upon a time, and that was on the uh, menu. And we have the original menus from 1926, and they took the maple nut off, and the Palmer House became the center, and the Palmer House was the cherry walnut and um, uh, vanilla, and that became the center of the cone, and maple walnut was dropped completely. I wonder why. And it's not served to this day, I assume. No, it's not. It's not. Interesting. I wonder what it is about the walnuts. Yeah. Now, the, the Well, it's, the maple nut was a pretty strong flavor, and remember, he, he, putting five flavors on a cone, he had to make them all blend. Indeed. Now, we're starting, I believe, on the bottom layer with chocolate, from what I can tell? Yes. And then what happens? And then strawberry, with real strawberries in it. Of course. Then the cherry walnut, which is called Palmer House. Mm -hmm. Then the pistachio. Mm -hmm. And then on the top is the orange sherbet to clean your palate. So everybody says it's a sherbet. It's not. It's an ice cream and sherbet combination, which is what makes it so unique. Yes, well, a palate cleanser is always a wise thing between courses, or in this case, between flavors. Now, I noticed yes. that uh, that most of the pictures I saw uh, saw the ice cream placed on a waffle cone. And, of course, as you well know, there is the great cone debate of waffle versus sugar. Now, why was waffle selected? Well, that is recent, because they uh, we make fresh waffle cones. But back in the day, it was a pointed cake cone, Ooh. and that, um, that is what the standard has been for 94 years. And if you want the waffle cone, and that's kind of evolved as we've aged and improved, that you can make a fresh waffle cone, and it's on, uh, the ice cream's on it, and it's delicious. So the actual cone is, is a cake cone. That, that's the one that we've been doing forever. But the add-on is to put the treat into a waffle cone, the five flavors into a waffle cone. Now tell me about the cake cone, because you don't see that very often. At least I don't. Well, that, that's uh, the yellow one. That's either a flat-bottom one or a tapered uh, one to a point. And back in the 26th, it was a new invention to have an ice cream cone. And the World's Fair started ice cream, the ice cream cone. And in 1926, the cone was still revolutionized because ice cream was served in what today would be kind of like a French fry cart. 
because you have to remember the refrigeration wasn't what it was today. It was very soft. So we had to um, accommodate, and to be able to put something on a comb was a big deal. And there was a lot of progression in the scoops and in the, the ice cream shovels and ice cream spades that they used. And my grandfather made his own tool to be able to slice one flavor on top of the other to make it look like a rainbow cone. And that was revolutionary at the time. And it was, that's why ice cream was such a treat. When I, I bought the business in 1988, 87, born into the business my whole life, but I purchased the business at that time. And I took out the brine boxes that still had salt solution and, and liquid solution around them that we put the cans into to serve out of. Wow. So refrigeration has changed. Uh, you know, manufacturing has changed in that they can do volume much more than they did back in the day. I took out a freezer that had walls that were two and a half feet thick and replaced it with a six-inch wall. Oh, sure, sure. So, for, to hold the ice cream can. So, everything has changed, and yet it stayed the same because people still love their ice cream, and they still love their rainbow cone at 9233 Western Avenue and in food trucks now and all over and Navy Pier, because it still brings back those memories from their parents bringing them, their grandparents bringing them, and the cone has not changed, except on a waffle cone. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought much about the uh, refrigeration aspect, but clearly that's huge, and I assume when your granddad started it, we were still in the day of the ice box. He had to go through an awful lot of ice. Well, he, you know, like I said, it was the old-fashioned... You, you know, you, you put the um, pail in the um, water and salt solution with the ice to keep the ice cream cold. We had that in a box that we scooped out of. Right. So that's what we had at, uh, scooping out of. So every year we had to change that, um, what it was called was a brine solution. It was called salt and water together. It was called a brine solution, and we had to change that out and get it ready for the season. And they were all metal boxes, and those boxes lasted for, I think, when we bought the company when it was 60 years old. So 60 years. Wow. And that's called getting your money's worth on equipment. And today, believe me, I've replaced a lot of equipment, and nothing was as good as it used to be back in the day. Oh, I'm convinced. So. But it's a lot easier now, at least. But you're absolutely oh, yeah. right. Yeah, all of us uh, have yeah. some hand handed down tools from our great grandmother or whatever from the 1800s, still good as new. <laughs> you know. And uh, and they make I do. they make I have yeah them. right absolutely they make weapons too. In a couple of cases, I have them, and I have no no earthly idea what they might do, but they certainly are heavy. So you know. Yes. Uh, now, you mentioned tools, speaking of tools, that, and this, this explains a lot, because when I looked at the five flavors, they do sort of lie flat, as opposed to, and of course with five flavors, you wouldn't really want each one to be a rounded scoop. This would be a disaster waiting to happen. So uh, tell me about him designing the tool. Well, he, he created his own tool. My Grandpa Joe was a really cool guy, and he was a survivor, and he was a farmer, and you remember, in 1926, there was no banks or anything. They, they couldn't go get money from anybody. So he had, he had invented. And he worked as a Buick mechanic during the day. And they started out in a little bitty, uh, um, kind of like a little bitty um, um, kiosk. It's probably the same size we have on Navy Pier right now. Yeah. 
at 92nd and Western when it was a dirt road. And he had to make his own. They made everything themselves. So, you know, we they, they opened, went right into the Depression, then went right into a war, and then right, you know, into the people coming home. And they made it. You know, they saved those nickels and pennies. And, and as that was happening, he had to make everything. He, our cone holders were, were made by him. He took tin and he cut out the cone holders. How you would put an ice cream cone while you made it to hold until the, uh, the customer was ready. So this tool that he created made the slice, and it's a slice, not a scoop, and that's what differentiates mm-hmm. us, and makes the, the, like you're looking in the picture, it makes a slice of chocolate that looks flat, and then we put a slice of strawberry on it, and then we build the cone up so it looks like a mini rainbow. Annika? Oh, it, it absolutely it does. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like the idea of the tool because I did look at it and I thought, now how do they get it to do that? And, of course, the, yeah. uh, the other thing I thought is, you know, everybody likes to eat ice cream as soon as they see it. And it's a darn good thing, too, because this isn't going to last for too long. About, uh, right. about how long will they stand up before you're in trouble? Well, you know, in Chicago, <laughs> our weather changes every two minutes, as you know. Yes. So we're getting 90-degree temperatures next week, and it's going to... Go back up to 90, and the, the humidity is going to be 95. Well, we got that big old lake right behind us. So if you get a rainbow cone, you better start licking. And <laughs> when it gets to be like 70, it's not as bad. And that's the beauty of, you know, the, the cone. And you have to keep the refrigeration right. That means you got to keep the ice cream hard as you're scooping it. So right. um, that's what you got to do, and that's what we're really, really good at, and we've been learning. It's not like, you know, I, I'm so wise because I've learned the hard way. Well, sure. Made the mistakes. You know, he made the mistakes, and that's what we're grateful for. Now, this is, as I say, a Chicago institution. We're talking a hundred years, uh, just about soon to be in this coming, de- you know, the decade we're in now. You'll be a hundred years old. The the location will anyway. With that in mind, has it ever occurred to you we're going to launch this bigger than Chicago nationally, regionally? Well, you know, I'm very proud to say that, you know, we have just started the Rainbow Truck. And, yeah. you know, that happened naturally with the COVID situation. Sure. Because we used to do a lot of festivals. We did Taste of Chicago. And, and we're very grateful for Lollapalooza and Taste and Navy Pier because it gets a little business on the south side of Chicago out nationally. And it says, hey, you know, from 92nd and Western, we can expand to different places. Now, People who have been going there for years and years know exactly what it is, like you said sure. earlier. But people who are introduced to it through the Internet and through all the other things we do, you know, they're getting a taste of the rainbow. And now we're putting it in a food truck because we are going to take it to different places. And it's outside, and it's controlled. So this is brand new for us, and we're really excited about this opportunity, and it's working. Oh, <laughs> we I'm just started last weekend. Yeah, I'm sure so, it's going to you know, work. It's going to be huge, yeah. but there's such a history yeah. for the idea of ice cream out of a truck anyway. I mean, all of us right. knew about the ice cream truck driving down the street, playing the same obnoxious tune over and over, but we didn't care because there was ice cream in the truck. So, uh, right. uh, you know, right. you're, you're, you're building on tradition. But, you know, thing, things happen overnight. My, uh, my husband's from Vermont, and he used to go to this gas station where they had good ice cream. And one day, someone from Time magazine, 
magazine came by and decided they were the best ice cream in America. And next thing you know, Ben and Jerry's went national, and uh, right. started out right. started out in the gas station. So, uh, uh, and I love that story. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, exactly. So it happens, and it does happen it does. O- overnight. And you're right. The uh, I saw the pink truck online. It, it's uh, it's just a beauty. And uh, also interesting. What was it, about 2016? You wound up on Navy uh, Navy Pier. Yeah. And that yeah. that's and he asked about the size that my grandparents started it. Right. So right. I'm very grateful for that. Well, and I think that that had to do, if I'm not mistaken, from how you got it. I mean, there's a long waiting list for all that. But in the case of an opening, it was what business could fit in here. And you were the natural. Yeah. So uh, yeah. that, that was uh, that that was that was terrific. Now we'll uh, we'll talk about ice cream itself, of course, and what makes for the perfect ice cream. Uh, the the rainbow cone certainly looks good, and from all accounts, it tastes wonderful. So we'll get into that as well. If you are an ice cream connoisseur and want to join us, that would be eight 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 seven six five five nine three. 8888 R O L L Y E. I'm Raleigh James, and this is WGN Radio. I'm talking with Lynn Sapp. She's the third generation owner of the original Rainbow Cone, and it just it just looks beautiful, Lynn. And the thing I wonder, as I look at the size of this, if I had to compare this to the average ice cream cone, is this like a triple decker or two scoops? What is this? It's normally a little bit more than two scoops. Okay. So that's a, that's that's, a, what it comes out to. that's a reasonable portion when we're talking ice cream and everything. Now you have been there, and of course you've owned it since 1986. Uh, bought it outright. Boy, that had to be a big decision. Um, it was, and it happened organically. And I'm the youngest in the family, and uh, it just went that way. And that's what I've been doing. So it uh, it worked. Yeah. And my grandpa starting the company, you know, makes me very proud. And I have a lot more respect for my grandmother as a businesswoman than I did when <laughs> I was a younger girl and naive. I'll because, bet. boy, the women were made it happen. Sure. You know? Sure. They did. And, oh. you know, during the Depression, and then everybody went to war, and she was instrumental. You know, my dad left and went to World War II, and she was instrumental, you know, in, in making that company go. And they, they survived. So for me to be so proud to be able to say that, you know, yeah. it's been continuous and it's in good hands right now, continuing forward. So that's huge. As you look at what's going on now with the pandemic and the social unrest and all that and had to compare it with the times that your grandparents lived through, do you think this ultimately is harder or not as hard as it was for them? Well, you know, I think we have a lot of conveniences that they did not have. And uh, for one, being able to resource ingredients. You know, during the war, my grandpa actually bought a farm to be able to have everything he needed. And we had our own cows. We had everything. He he could. He had a resource sugar, but um, he bought it, and it was in Beecher, uh, Illinois, because the uh, highways weren't what they were. So he could get to that product. His big challenge was sugar. And um, there were a lot of manufacturing plants on Western Avenue in Chicago, and they were very local and regional. And um, everybody had their own little niche, and uh, it didn't go- get that far, but he was prepared in case. And we had, you know, food in case, and he was, he was had a lot of foresight on, on, you know, what happened. And she worked right with them, so the two of them were ready. And, you know, going from uh, the Depression, where they had nothing, I mean, he, he made, you know, trophies for the, our, our church out of 
tin cans and uh, hangers. Mm-hmm. Everything was, you know, let's use the scrap, and he created something. And they worked very hard, but they were only open for the summer season. They were not open for the winter. Right. And they had adults working for them because that was a job that paid money. So they had all adults. It was not a teenager profile like it is now. That's a good point. And I would think that when you're hiring a teenager to work in an ice cream store, it's sort of like hiring a fox to guard the chickens. And I've heard people say, well, what you do is you tell them they can have all the free ice cream they want. They eat for two days. They get so sick they never eat ice cream again. But how do you control the uh, inventory with teenagers? Well, you know, you need the teenagers, and they're very vital in the young people because it is a physical job. I have such respect for all the Ben & Jerry's and all the small independent ice cream places out there in, in this month of July and National Ice Cream Day because people don't understand the work that goes into this business. And you're sacrificing weekends and hot days. Everybody's out having a good time, and you're standing in the store scooping ice cream, handing something very happy to others, but it's hard work. And so when you take that teenager, and it's usually their first job, and they walk in and you say, look, you got to be on time. you got to come in a clean uniform, and you got to be happy about being here on a 90-degree day and not out with your friends. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You will be paid for it, but, you know, we need you. So, um, and we do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy job, and that's why my hat's off to everybody who does it. So when you reward them... You know, after a hard night, we used to order pizza or, you know, um, they they change today. They, they go out much faster than they used to because they're connected on their cell phone. So, you know, right. they didn't have to meet up with the group right after work the way we did. Otherwise, you were left out. Now they have cell phones and they know where everybody's at, so it doesn't matter what time they leave. And, uh, you know, so things stay the same and, and things change and adaptability is what you know, what it's all about. And that's what, you know. We're doing now with the younger generation and uh, different eyes looking at it, you know, than mine, because I'm, you know, looking at it a different way. And that's what you want to do. You want to evolve and adapt and figure out how we're going to do this in this COVID situation and how we're going to adapt. So that's the big challenge. Oh, of course it is. But bottom line, how much of the product are these kids eating? You know, well, it, everybody yeah. I know loves ice cream. Oh, yeah, they, I know. But, I mean, they're, they're sitting there working for you. Are they, uh, yeah. sa- are they yeah. sampling the goods at the same time? That, well, we're fortunate that they don't have time, and they have quite a big audience in our line. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we, ha- we are mirrored, so we have mirrors all over the parlor. And in the truck, they just don't have time and at festivals. But, um, you know, afterwards, they can, they can have an ice cream treat, and they do. And, <laughs> uh, you know. More requests for people at home who want it. By the time they're done, they're just like, I, I, I don't want to smell this stuff. I don't want to be around right. it. But um, people at home are like, bring me something home. So, you yeah. know, but they, they are ice cream lovers. And it, what's funny is once they stop working for us, they come back more because they, they enjoy it more. Oh, sure. Well, so, As opposed to when you're in the trenches. You know? Oh, yeah, that's I would think so. Absolutely. Now, does your family still have the farm? No. No, the farm's been sold a long time ago. Oh, no. Unfortunately, no. you know, it cycles back around, and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. we should have that farm, but we don't. Yeah, so. and, and the cows, too. So where yes. are where yes. are you getting your ingredients? Um, well, we have our product manufactured for us because our uh, volume is so high, and, 
you know, we pick quality ingredients, but I, um, ice cream is science and also the, the health issues and the food issues for safety. So I don't get into the manufacturing end. I do know how. I knew, do know all about it. But somebody else does that for me for the safety of everybody and the consistency and making sure there's no outbreaks or any issues. So Now, of course, there's a debate not only about the cone, but what makes for the... My biggest concern today is that it is so easy to get low-fat ice cream. Now, what I really want is I want high-fat ice cream. Uh, not not only full-fat, I want it to be all up to you know, approaching 50% butter-fat. Uh, now, in terms of the full-fat ice cream, is that even available anywhere? Um, you know, we have trends, and, and our, our big trend was uh, high-butter-fat content, yeah. what it's called. Yeah. And everybody was like, well, we're 18%, you know, we're 20%, no. you know. We we are not that high of a butterfat content because we're putting one on top of the other. Right. But the other thing that happens is you can't eat as much. It's so rich that you can't eat as much. And you have that scoop and you're like, whoa. And then, you're like, some people with, you know, today's world has changed. Everybody's got allergies. They've got, you know, reactions to this, reactions to that. They can't eat dairy the way they used to. Um, you know, and um, so we're putting one flavor on top of another. So we're very high quality. And the beauty of our product is, is, is our, you know, we don't have the, the extra high butter fat. And um, because of the sugar, you know, and then you put the uh, nuts and stuff in it. So it, it's different. It's different. But, you know, um, today, you remember, it was yogurt, yogurt era. And now it's the low-fat era. Now it's no-carb era. You know, it'll be interesting. It's just killing me all the way around. And uh, any time I see low fat, I just avoid that product, whatever it is, like like the plague. And, you know, you mentioned yogurt. It's really even hard to get full fat yogurt. Everything's low fat. And uh, I, have yeah. no, I have no idea that it's really better for your health because what most of these people are doing is adding more sugar or some other flavoring to make up for that good old butter fat that we, uh, uh, that we know and love. All right, so if the... If the oh, you're absolutely right. When you take out fat, you add sugar, and you are yeah. so right on. Yeah. You are absolutely right. And, uh, yep. you know, I'll, I'll trade... Just leave it plain. Leave it alone. Exactly. Leave it let nature do its thing. That's some right. ice cream. Yes. Go walk, go run. You know, moderation is key, but just enjoy what you're eating and have it be real, you know? <laughs> well, and that's a, a, that's a great... Uh, well, I agree with you, of course, but that's a great word, real, because you look at the ingredient on commercial ice cream, the stuff you're buying in the grocer's frozen food section or whatever, and... Uh, in some cases, you can't pronounce these words. So when you are making, and of course, I know you're not making it yourself, but ordering the ingredients to your specifications, are are you having any preservatives or things like that in them, or is this just all the original ingredients? Well, you know, things change, product changes. Uh, you know, you do have to have some preservatives in there. Mm. Uh, you can, um, yes, you know, things change from, from the cocoa you use to the, uh, things like we use regular nuts, and now nuts have to be pasteurized. What for different things? So now, now they have to have like they have to go through a process of pasteurization so that nobody gets sick on a raw nut. What in case of allergy? No, this, yeah. this, I, I tell so. you, this is the strangest thing I've heard all week. Pasteurized nuts. 
I, I, the concept. That, that uh, means that they, they've gone through a, a process to kind of cook them a little bit to oh, make sure no. that there's nothing in there that can make you ill. So if our, if our you know, pistachio are sourced from someplace else, they have to be pasteurized. Oh no! And pistachios yeah. are uh, are an interesting issue anyway, because of course, until the uh, crisis in Iran, most of our pistachios came right from there, and then since then, yeah. and they were so good. And then since then, of yeah. course, California's become the pistachio capital of the world, so to speak. And they're bigger, yeah. that's for sure, but they still don't have that Iranian taste. And maybe maybe it's not that. I never thought about that till we talked. Maybe it's that they pasteurize them. Well, now they do, but oh. um, you know things oh. have changed. I don't know what they do in Iran. I can't you know speak to that. But when we get them, we have to put them through a process to make sure they're safe for everybody to consume. Now you um, s- you say when you get them, are you adding the pistachios yourself to the ice cream? Um, yeah, our our pistachio is done with almonds. So we have real pistachios in our product. And pistachio prices are through the roof. And then walnuts went up. So everything is dictated by the market. And, you know, walnuts went up also. And um, so that's what you're looking at, you know, every day is, is how how much the ingredients for the product goes up, you know, and um, you deal with it all the time. So that's where you want consistency. And we just keep a real high-quality product. So. Well, I'm I'm almost afraid with that. I'm almost afraid to ask the price. Do you have to come and get an estimate on a cone? How much are these running now? Um, They are uh, sometimes the large is um, around seven dollars, and a small is uh, around five five fifty. Okay, but you're getting a really good portion. It is equal to the market about what's happening. You do have to pay a little more if you want it on a waffle cone. But the waffle cone's fresh, and it's really good. Yeah, because you're, you're making those in-house. Right, right. Yeah. So, yes. Which I guess yeah. that's how it started at the World's Fair in St. Louis with the waffle cones back then. So Yes. It's, uh, it was a waffle cone. Yeah. So it's funny how it comes back around. Yeah. You know? It does. Well, I think does. the I think the, the, uh, the booth next to the ice cream booth, the guy was making waffles. So that's how that happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that's true. Right. Makes, that's uh, true. Makes all the sense in the uh, in the world, but uh, yeah, the the silver lining of the pandemic, I guess, is that sure the idea of, of the delivery truck and things of this nature. But in terms of volume, well, firstly, are all your locations open? Yes. Okay, and it's all takeout at this yes. point. Yes, okay. which is us naturally. Right. I mean, everything's takeout anyway. Right. So, exactly. You know, exactly. Sitting so. in the back area with your family, but we're all we're all takeout. We always have that. Right. And so with, uh, with that in mind, uh, at least structurally, you wouldn't be hurt as much as some other businesses. But how has this period really from March on affected your business? Well, it has affected us in all restaurants and anybody in the restaurant industry. You know, God bless us all because it's affected us greatly. Our, our whole world has changed for everybody. And, you know, like you have to adapt and get creative. Fortunately, we have a product. It is conducive to it because it's frozen, so it's to go. So, um, but what's happening with us, and, you know, I, I was asking Brian uh, Feltman, our manager, I said, Brian, what changes have you seen? Like, what is your perspective? You know, and he said, there's a lot more cake sales going on because people can't go out to restaurants like they used to for birthdays. So a lot more of our ice cream cakes 
celebrating birthdays, which is part of a tradition anyway, our, those sales are up. Our to-go packaging is through the roof. Everybody's taking quarts and pints to go. We have a great cake roll. That's going, you know, and uh, that's all going up. So it's kind of shifted from a cone to where they're making cones at home because you get free four cake cones empty uh, when you buy a quart. So they're making them at home, bringing it home, consuming it, you know, and uh, um, that's the way it's kind of gone back around. We still have the people standing at social distance. We have masks on, hand sanitizers. Cleaners, you wouldn't believe what we're doing at Rainbow to keep ourselves safe because we want everybody to be safe. And after, you know, 94 years, 95 years, you don't want to mess anything up. So um, we're all over that. And, you know, it's just funny how it's adapted and kind of comes back around and the product goes out. It's just which way it goes out. Is it going out in the court? Is it going out in the cake? Is it going out in the cup? So that's what we're looking at right now. Excellent. We're all learners. No, and, and that, that you, know? you know, compared to the story that some are telling, that's actually excellent news. We're talking to Lynn Sapp. She's the third-generation owner of the original Rainbow Cone. If you are from the Chicagoland area, undoubtedly you know what this is, and you also have the luxury of just going reasonably near, depending on where you are, and uh, picking one up. So, got any comments? Got any other favorite junk food? Anything I should know? Oh, I got more questions. Don't worry about that. 888 65593. That's 8888 R O L L Y E. I'm Raleigh James, and it's WGN Radio. We're talking with Lynn Sapp, third generation owner of the original Rainbow Cone. And of course, it's uh, imperative that you go for the rainbow. But, Lynn, in the case of people who are uh, more uh, specific with one flavor in mind, what's the biggest single flavor other than the rainbow cone that you're selling? Well, nationally, it's always vanilla, you know, and people are surprised at that, but, but vanilla is it. But our, um, our, our biggest, um, you know, we have, we have uh, pistachio, we have followers for pistachio, our primer house. Well, we do have cookie dough, we have cookies and cream, we do have butter pecan, that's fantastic. So we have other uh, flavors other than the rainbow uh, profile that we do for, you know, younger people who have to graduate. You know, I, I do have to admit, I didn't eat a rainbow for the first, like, six years of my life, I only ate chocolate. So yeah. I had to get into the five flavors, and, you know, so we do have other other flavors for them. And we're famous for our banana splits and our shakes and, our, of course, our cakes and our cake roll and um, all of that, those things. So um, we do have other products. You're, you're right about vanilla. On the one hand, it sounds so surprising because, after all, it's vanilla. But then that's exactly it. It's vanilla. Of course, it's a, it's a universal choice. You would, uh, you would expect that. Now, you mentioned things like cookie dough, and that's become certainly popular in the last couple decades. But it was sort of an unknown thing 50 years ago. So I guess things kind, kind of come and go. What was really popular that's no longer on the menu? Um, things like bubble gum, you ugh, know, um, ugh, ice cream that had like a ton ugh, of sugar in it. Ugh. Trend has changed, so we don't have bubble gum anymore. Good. Um, things that, you know, things like that. And people are more health conscious a little bit, but they still want their treat. And, you know, it is a treat and you have to have things in moderation. But, um, you know, um, I know I, I listened to you and you said you have a woman coming up about stress and and people talking about stress, and I always joke that rainbow cone's going to make everything okay. A bite of a rainbow cone will be okay. But I know I'm eating more ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And I'm eating more rainbows to get over my stress. So it just, it's that little, 
oh, it's a tiny bit of comfort when you take that bite and it's going to make everything okay, in my opinion. And I don't care what ice cream you're eating. It's true. Well, it is. And for some people, maybe it's not ice cream, but it's a comfort food of some sort. And we've seen that in the pandemic, because in a lot of cases, one of the things people are complaining about, I'm staying at home and I'm gaining weight. Well, most likely it is because of the idea that, hey, the only thing I can control right now is that little bit of heaven in that ice cream cone or what uh, what have you. Now, some of the chains are, are known for all their additives and their toppings and all that. And uh, I, I wondered now of course the rainbow cone itself needs needs no accoutrement obviously but for uh for something uh more plebeian like your basic vanilla do you offer toppings well we have you know we have rainbow sprinkles and we have yeah. nuts and but we don't get into like the m&ms and all of that we're pure Good. for our products and uh we do have delicious sundaes and like i said we have shakes that are, are great and they're made with like you know our, our strawberry topping that's uh, um, that's really good and uh, you know so we don't get that's not our, our thing you know sure and uh, we, we do what's true and natural to us and you know other people do other things and and you know like I said I, I respect him for that because this industry is not easy but in our little corner at you know south side of Chicago and growing and all over Chicago land area and hopefully nationally soon uh, you know yeah We've got, um, you know, Mike and Joe and Brian and everybody's working on it because you have to adapt to change. So we're going and uh, they're doing it. And one of the things we're rolling out is the food truck. Well, I, I love the concept that maybe you will go national because I can't wait to see the commercials explaining the rainbow cone. Because this this clearly is something that uh, when you've had it, especially if you had a few of them, from what I understand, it's an addiction. You want more. But initially, uh, to the completely uninitiated, explaining these five flavors and saying you're going to love it is going to be an an interesting sell, to uh, uh, to say the least. Uh, one one final question along those lines. Obviously, you are uh, the premier the premier Chicagoland ice cream. But do you have any major competitors? Um, we, we respect everybody in the business, especially, you know, the, the uh, people who are around, like, the Petersons and, the, you know, um, oh, the Gertie's Lindy's, the uh, people who have been around for a while trying to survive. You know, we're all, we're all got six months in Chicago to make, make money, and, you know, it's not easy. And with the bills getting higher and everything, you've got to figure it out. So, like I said, you know. Um, if you're selling ice cream in Chicago, you've got to know what you're doing. And if you're doing it, God bless you, because everybody's just trying to get that cone out there and pay their bills and survive. And we need your support. And, you know, from from restaurants to everybody, we, we need the support. And, uh, you know, we're out on Navy Pier, and we have an international uh, customer that used to be there, and not as many are coming. And it, you know, talk about explaining a rainbow cone when somebody can't speak English and you're handing them this smile <laughs> comes up on their face and yeah. they come back and they tell you in another language, pointing, smiling, going, oh, you know, and you're like, you're saying good, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, <laughs> that. That's great. But it, well, it's so fun to watch that. You know, and, sure. You know, there's a lot of lot of people out there, and uh, my my like I said, my hats off to them. Well, uh, uh, I, I apologize. I'm freezing because I'm on the radio, you know, and I'm yeah. freezing to mention everybody's name, but I'm with you in spirit. 
So, well, there, there you, you know. go. It is, uh, it is a National Ice Cream Day on Sunday. I know, Lynn, you and Original Rainbow Cone will be celebrating as well as the month of July for National Ice Cream Month. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's terrific. Thanks for calling us. Oh, absolutely.